0: What's up, bingers? I'm joined today by the hosts of the amazing Murder in the Rain podcast. Please welcome Emily Rowney and Alicia Holland. The Internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. So it looks like we have our technical issues worked out. I've learned a lot about Emily and Alicia in just these first couple minutes that we've been speaking. Emily is tech support, Alicia is not. tech
1: support that is right alicia's great crowd control when we go out though
0: right there you (laughs) go there's a good chance you may not hear her at all
2: yes (laughs) (laughs) i'm crowd control and like uh hustling to like get us deals on stuff yeah that's that's where i come in (laughs) you come
0: in for like the black friday shopping (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) so you guys are uh you're both in portland
1: just outside of it. So we, we're about 40 minutes apart from each other. I'm on the south side. She's on the east side.
0: Very nice. And you're are, now are you guys born and raised? I know you've been, you've been friends for over 20 years, I'm told.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you guys
0: both from the, the Portland area originally?
1: I'm actually from what we call the Valley, which is uh, Corvallis. So uh, where Oregon State University is. So mm-hmm. I was born and raised there and then migrated up here a couple of years ago. And I've been, I've been here about six years, I think.
2: And I'm born and raised in Troutdale, which is outside of Portland. And after living my life other places, ended up back here. So
0: nice. So, how did you guys meet 20 years ago?
1: Oh,
2: we were literally just babies, of course. We were right. babies. We
1: met through we <laughs> a friend. I actually did musical theater with one of our good mutual friends, and she did children's theater with her. And we just somehow met at a party, I think, and then spent the whole summer together. <laughs> Nice. After you decided I wasn't on heroin.
2: <laughs> That's my favorite story of our beginning of our friendship. She's like, that girl's on drugs.
1: My first interaction with her, she was very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I who like knew, to have fun. Who knew we would go into business together?
0: So so you meet her, she's super aggressive, and you immediately jump to, it's obviously heroin. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm also I and I and I've never been a drinker, but I'm always a partier. I'm like, let's dance, let's get the music going, let's have a good time, and uh, that does tend to lead people to think uh, that other substances are involved. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of dark eyeliner, so Northwest eyeliner, partying drugs. Drugs. I mean, what
1: what other what <laughs> other answer could it have been? <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm looking. So so we record these on Zoom and. Emily, you look like you're in like the the set of Little Big Lies. In your like, I'm I, I'm reading that you have you have a dog, you have a daughter. How is your house? One so neat and two so quiet.
1: It's just pointing at the clean area, <laughs> <laughs> and my dog is asleep. But I'm sure you'll see him. He's on that little dark pad there behind okay. me. Okay, so he'll get up. I'm sure he's very small.
0: It is the the, that is the most well put together. My wife would be would be jealous of how isn't it
2: amazing. I know her house. And the first thing I said, I was like, your house looks like a fake backdrop.
0: That's what I was looking. She had a green screen like nobody's (laughs) house. (laughs) She's at the chalet.
1: I just got a new couch. So that's why it's clean (laughs) in here.
0: I see you haven't taken your Christmas tree down yet. Um, I
1: haven't. That's tomorrow's job. We'll see how far I get.
0: <laughs> mine came down last night. I can't. My wife calls me a Grinch, but I'm really not. I like I like Christmas stuff, but she overdoes it. And so we have this constant battle. Like, she wants to put the Christmas tree up, like, November 1st. Oh, yeah. no. And I can't say So does
1: she also start the music around then as well?
0: Yes, she starts the damn music. <laughs> And she wow. always has control. Like when we're in the, my truck together, she always has control of the music. And so, yeah, it's, it's, two, so it's two months of Christmas music. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I left for – it was in November. I went on a, a work trip. And I come back and she's already got – she can't do the tree. It's too big. But she got all the Christmas decorations out. And she just doesn't – because you get burned out. Christmas isn't cool when you're staring at the same stuff for, right. for two months. <laughs> There's only so many versions of Oh Holy Night you can hear before you're sick of that song.
2: It's true, but as long as it's the Mariah Carey one, you're in good shape. Well, I will <laughs> tell
1: you, I'm in a karaoke league, and we had a, a Christmas theme one week, and I did hear that song several times.
0: <laughs> did you just say you're in a karaoke league?
1: I am, yes. It's super fun, but we're, we're on a hiatus right now for a couple of weeks because of COVID, um, but we're in first place currently. So, hey, it works on my benefit if we skip a few weeks.
0: <laughs> How does a Hold ca- that lead. Yeah, How does a karaoke league work?
1: Well, I'm new to it, but it's super fun. So basically, you have a team of five, uh, four to five, and then you can have alternates if people get sick. And each week, we have a theme. So it could be like 1970s rock, for instance. That was our first theme. Each person sings a solo in round one, in round two, and then round three is a group number. And then you get scored by other people.
0: (laughs) There's like judges that score in there. Yeah,
1: judges. And most of them are like, singers from the league, but it's still fun.
0: So is it like March Madness? Are there like brackets that you like work?
1: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we have our semifinals in a few weeks.
0: Oh well I I could good luck on your semifinals. Are you like <laughs> are you like the big soloist, the like the leader of the team?
1: Oh uh, no, I think all of us kind of have our thing. We all have different genres. We've got like an R and B, I do the country and kind of pop stuff. And then we have a guy who does oldies. So we have all of the bases covered. <laughs> they
2: like the Avengers of karaoke, yeah,
1: basically. <laughs> I wear my spandex.
0: Too. Yeah, it sounds like a really good time. I mean, usually what we always call the, our local bar that does, when they do karaoke. I try to avoid it on Friday nights because we call it karaoke because oh, yeah. it's it's a lot of really. Which my wife, my wife is a huge people watcher, so she loves it. Well,
1: that's I, the best.
0: I, I can't handle the like. Every all I do is every song is I just judge everyone the whole
2: time. Like, <laughs> well, that's oh, karaoke. great with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you I'm go up and you put on a performance, and then you sit back and judge everyone. That's karaoke. Yeah, like yeah, you, you really
0: thought you were going to pull off Freddie Mercury here on Friday night at the right. getaway. <laughs> Freddie, I like Mercury. to boo
2: people when they pull out like Piano Man. Be like, no, that is seven minutes long. You are
1: bringing down the whole yeah. place. Ooh. That's a faux pas. That is way too long.
0: <laughs> See, Alicia, you and I could get along. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it's it's de- generally considered to be uncouth to boo people at a karaoke uh, right. contest. So uh, you and I, I'm happy to join in with that. As you've get, heard, I'm
2: quite aggressive. Yeah, so. <laughs> get these assholes
0: off the stage. They're,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have no problem. I've removed, like, well, Emily and I, back, back in olden times when we would go out, um, You know, it's like many times have I been out and it's like, oh, no, she put in this really hard song before she had all of her fireball shots and now she can't do it. And so you're (laughs) just (laughs) going to be like, oh, no, honey, that's not the rhythm at all. Let me help you. And you just like kind of take the microphone away to save the bar from like Spice Girls, but, you know, totally drunk. (laughs) See, I,
0: I don't know anything about music. All I know is every song I hear, my brain is trying to hear the person who actually sings it. And so Um, I'm just annoyed that whoever's up there is Nobody
1: meets your expectations. No one, no one. (laughs) (laughs) I think we could show you a good time. Yeah, I think we could.
0: Well, I've never been to a league. I mean, that's where the best of the best come out to play on karaoke night. Is there anybody in the karaoke (laughs) league that's just horrible? Like you're like, what? Because you you know, like, Uh,
1: yes. So I'll uh, give you a little story. I I hope they don't listen, but um, our oh, please name
0: names. That would be fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember her name, but our first week we were two people short and there was a girl who was looking to be on a team. So somebody's like, do you want to just have her on the team? I'm like, sure. I just assume everyone can sing because we're all in a karaoke league. right? Yeah. you are going to be judged, right? And um, she just kept drinking and like, I, I don't drink. My teammates maybe had one and uh, it just got worse as the night went. She only sang Michael Buble. It was, it was not <laughs> great. She brought our score so far down. It took us six weeks to get out of that hole. <laughs>
0: So was she not invited back again?
1: Oh no, I that night I I asked, I'm like, hey, listen, we already think we have a full team, so she could maybe be a backup in case our team can't come. And then I desperately found somebody to join the team. <laughs> to,
0: to get her off. That's like that, that's like that's like me on a on a Dart league, which I did one time. <laughs> I got I got suckered into it by a friend that was like, We just need one guy. Come on, it's a good excuse to get I was like twenty two years old. And uh, I'm not good at darts. And then they got mad at me every week because I sucked at darts. Oh,
1: that's that's hard. Like I told you,
0: I'll never be in yeah. a league again. They broke my heart.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm t- still working on that self-esteem. Just <laughs> <Right. laughs> Ch- chasing it through leagues.
0: Yeah, you know the 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 karaoke thing. I think I got turned off to it. Like my I was bartending in a karaoke bar.
2: Oh, that mm-hmm. the, that explains it.
0: it. Oh my god, in the '90s, and it was. It, it, it was fun, a funny story because I was only nineteen years old, but the bar—I look older than I am—and my brother, who was twenty-one, hung out at that bar all the time. And then I went in to try to get a job, and they thought I was his older brother. And they gave me a job as a bartender at nineteen, like never checked oh, no. my never checked my driver's license. <laughs> so I bartended for a whole summer, and and was you know doing shots behind the bar and having a good oh, time. Oh
2: my gosh! Fucking
0: nineteen years old—it was fabulous. But on Friday nights, I ran the upstairs bar where the karaoke went on. And it was one of those things where, like, karaoke started at 7, but nobody goes to the bar at 7 to do karaoke. You
2: You don't want – no one wants to hear those songs at 7.
0: Right. And (laughs) what would happen is every week right at 7, the same five people would show up and sing the same – Because there was no line. Right. They would show up, and they would be drinking Coke, and they didn't tip. And then they would sing the same songs over Uh, and over, every week, over and over. A lot of Blue
2: baga and Journey, I'm guessing. A lot of Journey, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) A lot of country songs, a lot of 90s country.
1: What is your least favorite song ever, then, for karaoke?
0: Oh, I knew you. I'm trying to think of that. I I I can see in my mind this one girl that would come sing. I I mean, it's just like a classic country song. And she would do it so badly. And I cannot for the life of me think of what song. I think I've blocked it out.
2: Yeah, it'll (laughs) pop into your mind about 3 a.m.
0: Right.
2: Reva
1: (laughs) McIntyre.
0: But the Freddie, uh, to be honest with you, anybody singing anything Freddie Mercury just pisses me off. Because I'm a big Freddie Mercury (laughs) fan. And no one can do him. So stop freaking trying to do him. And (laughs) every time I go to karaoke, somebody is trying to sing some Queen and they can't. And ruined. Yeah, my usually time.
1: Queen is like a drunken mess. It's always like a group number with way too many people on the stage. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. When they do Bohem- Bohemian Rhapsody, is a cop out, flat out. That's the I want to do karaoke, but I'm really nervous to do karaoke. So I want like actually a choir, and I want everyone singing with me, so I can feel like I've done karaoke. That's, That's what fine, Bohemian like, Rhapsody. is. Go to
1: Japanese style. We're in your own room, and we don't have yeah. to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So so my strategy is, in the times of my life when I've been roped into karaoke and have had enough drinks to do so, is I sing Don McLean's American Pie for two reasons. One.
2: To piss everyone off?
0: <laughs> no, everyone loves it. I mean, granted, I'm Everybody old.
2: sings
1: along, right? Yeah,
0: I'm old, and I haven't done this in probably 20 years. Uh, but <laughs> but, but uh, it, one, his voice seems to be not very hard to mimic. 'Cause I don't know how to sing. I just mimic other people's voice. And <laughs> so I can Yeah,
2: and he's kind of like talk singing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And two, everyone loves that song. And so you really only have to get through like the first verse. And as soon as you get to the chorus, the entire bar starts Everybody. singing with you. And then they remember like that guy was amazing. He had the yeah. whole ball. He was so good. The whole <laughs> couldn't hear a word I was singing. So that yeah. was always my strategy was a little American pie. Nice, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, the last time I did it, I tried a, uh, I, I tried a little Elvis um, uh, Jailhouse Rock, and it didn't. You know, it sounds good when I do it in my car. You know, when I'm driving around, <laughs> by it's a
1: different. It like, sounds great. Yeah, I feel like
0: you know, the Kings don't have shit on me. You know, as, as right. I would say, <laughs> turned out to not be the case. About you know, when you get in that karaoke bar and you and you start singing and you can hear yourself and I. It gets super awkward because I start hearing myself singing. I'm like, "Well, that's not. That doesn't sound good." And
2: (laughs) wait, that's not what I thought. I sounded. That's kind of strange for a podcast host because I feel like, aren't we here because we love our voices?
0: (laughs) Oh God, no. So
2: I know for Emily and
1: I, it's like, "Hello, we're here to sing for you." (laughs) Oh yeah, we do get a. We just go on and on and on.
0: Hours
1: of, of editing for Josh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've I've come to accept the accept the fact that people seem to like my voice when I speak because to me it sounds it sounds terrible but I think that's that's true of a lot of people but when I listen to it back I'm like you sound nasally and and then when I start doing the podcast people start telling me like oh you have a great voice I like to fall asleep to you which is a fucking insult by the way. People don't know that.
1: You know, people do say that like it's a compliment. We've had that a few times. All the time. Like, yeah. yeah. As I fall asleep, I'm like, but that's not the point. It's like, thank you. My research and
2: hours of work love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They're always been really like, I love Bob. He's so great. His podcast is so great. I fall asleep to him every night. I'm like, that's not really the point of what I do <laughs> is first <laughs> you know. That's actually how I got I, I'm I'm friends now with uh Sean T, the the fitness guy, the insanity guy. Oh, I
2: yeah. love him. I oh my him. god, what was his thing back in the day? I did that. It was the insanity. Dance. Oh T
0: twenty five. He did hip hop abs. Yeah. yeah, he did it all.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but that's so he he kept tweeting when I was early when I was doing the show and he'd always tweet out and he'd be like, Date night with Bob, falling asleep, and he kept <laughs> tweeting all these like he would listen to my podcast and go to sleep oh as God, though
1: famous. as that's though so he famous. was
0: complimenting me. And right. <laughs> I was like, hey, fucker, like that's, <laughs> you know, I'm saying some important It's so stuff. boring
2: and uninteresting, <laughs> yeah. I can just doze right off.
0: It's actually not how it went down at all. So what it was, I didn't know who he was at all, but my wife is a huge fan. And so he had reached out to me and asked me some question or something on Twitter. And and so for weeks, I was every time, every time my wife would be talking to me, I'm like, excuse me, I'm busy over here talking to Sean (laughs) T. (laughs) I
1: I read an article that the reason we don't like the sound of our own voice is because we are hearing it differently. Right. Because when we're speaking, there's like, it's resonating. Yeah. There's like vibrations
0: like through your Mm -hmm. inner ear. So you hear yourself differently than. I'm yeah. used to it now. I, so you, if,
1: you go, if you hold your hands like this, you usually sound more realistic.
0: Also, if you hold your hands like that, you look really silly.
2: <laughs> so I mean,
0: I wouldn't, I mean, that might work, but I'm not, I don't think I would recommend walking around. <laughs> if Sorry, you,
1: I'm just hearing my actual voice. Yeah,
0: I just want to, I try to be real. So I'm trying to hear what I actually sound well,
1: like. Well, when you're singing American Pie, you can try it out. <laughs> it's You know, it's like a variation uh, on the finger in my, the no. ear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And for those of you listening at home, she had her hands held next to her ears as though they were like elephant ears, uh, <laughs> palms back, pa- or, uh, palms back, top forward. But um, I just, you know, y- you go ahead and try it. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> work. It
2: works. It's really good. You know, I just wear <laughs> I monitor fashion.
0: headphones, and I finally gotten used to to what I sound like doing it that way instead well, of. Well, I the,
1: think you have a lovely voice. Too. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you, Alicia. Now, tell me, so what do you guys do now? Are you guys full-time in the podcasting gig? Do you have day jobs? I know, Alicia, you have a day job, right? Because.
2: That is not right.
0: That is wrong. Emily has the out job. Out of
1: date. Out of date. So, <laughs> I have the job.
0: <laughs> so, so Erica, who's who's now cringing right now, I'm sure, in, in, her, in her house who's listening. She wrote in my notes, Alicia, her day job has her, quote, Up close and personal with the newest Uh, generation (laughs) affected by households of abuse and neglect. And that's incorrect.
2: That would be that would be our bad. Um, (laughs) I did work. I I worked (laughs) pre-COVID. I worked in education. I worked in mental health uh, for about 13 years. um, Kind of yeah the extreme it was the kids that could no longer attend any school but they weren't quite ready for full-time hospital residential care uh-huh and uh so yeah so that's what I did and then we went remote and then I was like actually I've done this long enough see you later um and I have a side gig of a cleaning job that I've had for a long time but cleaning pays really well so mm-hmm. if anyone's looking for something you should look into cleaning um and Spot it's on
1: TikTok too people <laughs> And it's like a uh, it's a <laughs> it's a very
2: not time consuming job. So I'm allowed to really focus on the cases we do. Actually, this year I started another podcast um, on the Golden Girls because I needed something lighter. And so that's kind of my personal side thing. And then it allows me to do more writing and and all sorts of stuff. So, think, so- it's, it's kind of full time. But it's not like you know I'm rolling in the dough quite yet. <laughs>
0: right, just just not quite yet. You know the my the Golden Girls is my wife's absolute favorite show, and this is this is going to be a few weeks before this airs. But we are just days past the passing of Sweet Betty White. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah. Ooh, I don't want to get emotional on your She's gonna show. Gonna
0: cry. Listen, I, I'm, I'm the Barbara Walters of podcast. Let's bring it, it up.
2: <laughs> if I could be a tree. Um sorry that's a real old person joke throwback to Barbara Walters. Um it it's funny because we started the Golden Girl show it's it's called Always Be My Sisters and I was just like you know it's I love that show and there is such a community there are pages on Facebook that have like 30,000 people on them that still watch it every day and it's like why is that after all these years and so I walk through and then I find like if they reference something in the news, I find the real life news story. If they oh, talk cool. about a historical thing, or I call them the oh boys of the jokes that maybe didn't age well, that wouldn't be aired today. <laughs> um, and so, in doing all that, it's like they—I've fallen in love with them all over again. And so with Betty, it was like, of course, that's inevitable. She's a hundred almost. But yeah, it is seeing the community come together has really been heartwarming because everyone's hurt. It's like your grandma or your auntie or your somebody, you know. So yeah, it's it's been a kind of a beautiful grief process because you see everyone hurting, but digitally it's like a big family hug. We're all like, it'll be okay. We're happy. Everyone's together now. And, and so it's really kind of a beautiful thing.
0: It's such a bummer that she got so close to, that I know. Year. I did
2: see a meme though that said because of how many years she lived and the amount of leap days that she lived through, she did actually technically live enough days to be to I her hundredth that. birthday. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw a meme that said, should we be all be a little nervous that even Betty White said fuck 2022?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm taking you with
0: me. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Forget this. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, my wife just discovered um a new sh- well, it's not it's an old show, but uh, show she had never watched before. What is it called? It's some they're living in Cleveland. Uh,
2: uh, hot in Cleveland. Hot
0: in Cleveland. That's the one. Yeah. She's been watching that show now as her new binge. But she'll always yeah, that like one's if a I'm funny one. if I'm out of town when I come home, there's guaranteed to be hours of Golden Girls still. You can oh say, yeah, like, all <laughs> of our, the the streaming services are just nothing but Golden Girls <laughs> the entire time I was gone. It's her happy place. So so yeah. Emily, what do you do? So you have a day job.
1: I do have a day job. I work in market research. I am a product marketing manager. So I work very closely with the product team so that I can translate what our products do with our marketing and sales team. So that way we can actually sell it. Uh, It's it's interesting. So I, I used to be a product manager and I worked in technology and it was very stressful. I worked very long hours. So I have recently moved into product marketing to kind of be able to focus more time on podcasting because I was, I was running on fumes before. (laughs)
0: Right Now, do you in, in your job have any connection to the folks who write, say ad copy for podcasts for any of your products or for any kind of ad copy?
1: No, but you know that's interesting. We have considered that. We we are kicking off our own podcast, so I'm doing a lot. I do the writing for that, and I'm hosting it and helping with the technology, as you've learned already. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so we're likely going to be buying ad space and promoting ourselves through that. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm guessing it will be myself and marketing who will write it.
0: Well, let me give you a little a, a little clue for to to help you guys out when you write your ad copy. Just write what you want people to say <laughs> with a little bit of I just I just yesterday I was doing on Monday's oh I you do. got one <laughs> oh my god I have you ever seen those copies it's like here's your ad copy they have they have paid for you to do a 60 second ad here's a 14 page pdf document oh, yeah. about the product we just,
1: we just did a two minute ad the other day that was supposed to be a minute
0: <laughs> yeah and then it's not even like the bullet points it's like we want you to first open up by telling, by starting with an anecdote about your use of this product, yeah. and follow that <laughs> up by mention your personal experience with using three different items from the package, and then yeah. go through the twelve page document and find some information there that you think would resonate with. Like you're not paying me to write your ad I, copies.
2: <laughs> like, I was going to say that's not the job. Like yeah. <laughs> that's an I aspect do. of it, but not
1: like that. I love writing those ads. I don't know what is wrong. Oh, they are fun. I think it's just that like part of our personality is that just like, I can make this better. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm the same way. But as long as I have like, so I have two shows. We have three episodes. So I'm usually dealing with a dozen, you know, 10, 12 ads a week altogether. And I don't mind like taking the copy and like, okay, so the intro, they want it to be something like this. I can put my little spin on it. And they want some of these body points as long as it's you know it's a page that i'm working on it's the it's the, the when it takes me an hour and a half to write my ad copy i can learn.
1: yeah no not worth it yeah so
0: don't do that don't be that guy when you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank you it's a little bit of friendly advice so your podcast murder in the rain how did how did this come to be how did how did the two of you lifelong or 20 year Friends, you both look to be about twenty three years old. So you yes, so it is friend. actually so a two lifelong two
2: friendship. Yeah, we met at the hospital
1: mm-hmm. during that's our birth.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> when I thought you were on heroin,
0: <laughs> right? And you were like, "That baby's on heroin." Look it's at her the dark,
1: We're very edgy her up here. Dark
0: eye makeup, and she's so aggressive with her crying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I think it started on a road trip. We both are very much into true crime, dark like horror movies. So that's always been something we talk about. We like to watch documentaries. And I was super into true crime podcasts. And I think I made her listen to one on a road trip. And then the conversation just kind of spiraled. And I Alish had a great idea Why don't you tell I, about your idea.
2: Well, so and I've, I'm I'm always very open about this. I don't really listen to podcasts mm-hmm. because I struggle to focus. And I'm like, where do people have the time? <laughs> and so she's like, oh, you've got to hear the show. And yeah, we were on it was a several hour road trip and she played it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, you know, Portland and the Pacific Northwest has so many stories. I mean, we've got Ted Bundy and the Green River Killer and on and on and on. We could do like a party bus rental thing where we took people on tours and be like, and this was where Ted Bundy worked. And this is, and then we were talking about it more and we're like, well, that's kind of like gruesome. And this was several years ago before we, you know, especially for me, I know I've grown a lot personally into understanding more victimization (laughs) and stuff. I was like, you know, how could we do it to where it's not kind of like grotesque and, but it's still interesting. And then we just got to talking and it all just clicked. I happened to know Josh, our producer. I knew he was an audio guy and I had met him several years prior and I texted him. I was like, would you be interested in that? He's like, sure. And we sat around one day and we came up with the name and we talked about it all just fell together. We all knew exactly who was going to take what role and what we wanted it to look like. We didn't even have to like Go into detail about the cases because we knew exactly how we wanted to present it and what the important points of it would be. Because for me, it's like it has to have a purpose in telling the stories. And it all just came together. And here we are just about three years later. And, uh, you know, it's going great.
1: And Josh and I are avid podcast listeners. So we have a lot of opinions on what we like and dislike about format and voices and music. So I think that helped. Like we're all balanced and we don't normally do our cases together, Alicia and I, we each uh, alternate. So I'll do a case and she reacts. And usually we, we don't tell each other what that case is going to be in mm-hmm. advance. Um, and we like that because it gives us the creative freedom to make it our own. We each speak a little differently. We each gravitate towards different cases. So that's been really fun to just both have our platform to do that.
2: And I think it's fun having one of us listen because you know, it's kind of like when you watch a comedy and there's no laughter, and you're not quite sure if you're supposed to be laughing. And it's kind of with this, it's like she might say something in her case that she didn't realize was either jarring or groundbreaking or something. And I can be like, "Wait, wait, wait! Can you explain that more?" So we take turns, kind of being the vicarious connection of the listener to say, "Wow, that's amazing!" or "Wow, that's awful!" or "Can I get more info?" Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's a great format because you get the kind of fly on the wall you get you have somebody in the room asking the questions that you you're thinking while you're listening to your your episodes i also want to point out that i just figured out the 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 name of your podcast murder in the rain oh yay we didn't have to explain it yeah because you know <laughs> portland it rains a lot there
1: in yeah pacific northwest <laughs> that was josh's contribution i wanted to go more like basic bitch with it and go like Pacific Northwest True Crime or PNW, and Josh is like, no, I have a better idea.
0: <laughs> Red wine and true crime, oh, <laughs> or whatever God. beverage. Fill in is the not,
2: blank drink. You know. Fill in the knock blank, blank, knock true crime because there
1: are <laughs> shows that I adore that do that that I you know have been there since the beginning. But I was like, there's no way, there's <laughs> yeah. no way we're gonna have something like that. And Only because it's so saturated.
2: You yeah,
0: know? yeah. Murder in the Rain is clever, so clever that it took me. Uh, 28 minutes to figure out why (laughs) Called that Uh, Then I consider Myself a bit of an investigator that's pretty good For me I've solved it (laughs) (laughs) Also I might be a bit too Transparent about my idiocy Sometimes Oh hey I'm going to be the audience member in the room as you guys now walk us through our case this week, which is the murders of Ashley Pond and Miranda Gaddis. Is that how you pronounce her last mm-hmm. name? Yep. All right. So tell me about tell me about this crazy case or the two cases really that that come into one.
1: Yeah. So, I, Alicia, I don't know if it's cool if I kick it off with the girls and then maybe we backtrack to give some history. Yeah, for sure. And also, I just want to share
2: this was we decided on this case because it was our very first episode. And, um, the only time in our series that Emily and I tag teamed a case, which was quite the undertaking because you had to choose sections and topics. And, uh, so yeah, so it's really fun to revisit us, revisit it with both of us telling it like we originally did.
0: It's also very impressive and rare that any podcaster that's been around for three years wants to direct people back to their first episode. I try to keep people as far away from my first whole season as possible.
1: (laughs) We're like, listen to this one and now, and then listen to a recent (laughs) one. I haven't listened to the audio quality, so that I'm not sure of,
2: but it, and it's so funny because I pulled up the document this morning to, you know, refresh myself. And um, I just kind of giggled because it's only 10 pages. And I did my next case that's coming up and I wrote like, it's like 20 pages or something. and, And it's just me. And I didn't think it was like, Nothing. It was work, but it
1: wasn't like, oh, what an undertaking. And then I pulled this. I'm like, ten pages. What were we doing? Right. I said, to be fair, we wanted to do more conversation on that first episode, which took up a bulk of that entire episode. So
0: right. It right. worked out. <laughs> All right. So, so, tell me about this. So, you're Emily. You're going to tell us about the girls first.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, we live in Portland, which is just outside of Oregon City, and there was a huge case that kind of shook us. Both and and when we came together to make the podcast, we're like, this is the perfect one uh, because we have family members similar in age. So Ashley and Miranda are so Ashley's twelve, Miranda's thirteen. They live in Oregon City, which is just outside of Portland. They're from a lower income um, apartment complex. So they both had you know kind of tragic backgrounds. Both struggled with some sort of sexual abuse in their background. Um, Miranda's uh, father and her mother's boyfriend both abused her and went to prison. Ashley learned that her dad wasn't her real dad at nine. I think just after nine years old, and was forced to meet her birth father, and then he sexually abused her. So these girls had a lot of struggles, but they bonded together. So in middle school, they were best friends, always together. And on March first, actually March first is when Ashley's born. Excuse me, <laughs> it's been a while. So in two thousand one. These girls, uh, one of them disappeared. Ashley just apparently was on her way to the bus stop. Then no one saw her again. She didn't get to school. The bus driver said she didn't get on the bus. And what happened? Nobody cared. Police said she's a runaway. They don't make a lot of money. They're in a low income area. She's a troublemaker. Um, she probably wants attention. So no one cared. And then exactly two months, almost to the day, her best friend disappeared. So 13-year-old Miranda after just giving uh, a statement to the news about how her best friend and how she misses her and wants her back, she disappears as well. So they start looking into suspects. And finally, now they're taking it seriously. They're like, wait a minute, one could have been a runaway, two maybe could be runaways, but it looks to be a bit more serious. So they, they look into the apartment complex and there I think was 23 different male suspects just in their apartment. So the FBI comes on and it's taking months and months and months to interview these people. And one by one, they're clearing them. They're clearing the fathers and the boyfriends and they're getting nowhere. So there's kind of a uproar in the city, but everyone is saying, wait, we all know who it is. It's this man, Ward Weaver, Ward Weaver, the third. And so uh, Alicia, maybe you want to <laughs> kind of paint the picture of who this guy is.
2: Yeah. So Ward Weaver was known in the area Um and his whole family was actually known because he had issues where even his own grandparents were abusive. His father, then um, he murdered a woman and um, along with other things, like he had kidnapped a woman that he took to be in his truck for months on end to just be like a sexual toy. Um, And unbeknownst to Ward Weaver um, the third he had helped his dad bury this woman's body multiple times. He kept moving the body and had his son come out to help bury her. And so that was his childhood. So what the from fuck? there, he went on, he uh, was charged because he had attempted to kidnap some teenagers from a bowling alley and attempted to assault them. But there were no charges brought because he had signed up to the military and they're like, Oh, he's shipping out. So that problem is gone. So, um, There were so many opportunities to either get him help or get him in a position where he couldn't hurt people. And that kind of thing happened over and over. He was abusive with his partners, um, wives and girlfriends, and his own children. And he kind of became a fixture in the neighborhood where people knew that his house wasn't the safest place. And Ashley, in running away from the problems in her home, but just in the neighborhood, would go there because Ward had a daughter of a similar age. Mallory. So she, yeah. So she's spending a lot of time with Mallory at the Weaver home. But for, um, Ma- I'm sorry, Ashley and uh, for Miranda, Miranda was like, you guys should not go there. And it was rumored that that was because Ward had made an attempted assault on her as well. And so she was like, don't be, don't be at that house. There was also a complaint from Ward's son that he had raped his girlfriend. So this guy was just known as this kind of monster of a person, and everyone knew it, but then nothing was coming from it. So he was looked at as a suspect, and then he started giving interviews with the local news because this was starting, the stories were getting traction, there were billboards up for the girls, and he does this interview with the news where he literally walks the news person through his home, and we see like a locked fridge that has like a little padlock on it. Uh, he goes out to his brand new concrete that's been poured in the backyard, and he stands on it with her. And I remember, even though I was a teen, I remember watching going like, "Don't we all know what's under that concrete?" It, and it was such a, f- a like slap in the face to everyone that was concerned about these young girls.
1: And then everyone kind of jumped in and tried to help solve it. So you know the the public doesn't realize the FBI is looking into it. They're investigating a lot of things in the background. But everyone else is going, wait a minute, they're not doing anything. So we've got Linda, who's a family member of one of the girls investigating. She's a PI. She's following Ward, sending her friend who has a cadaver dog over to his house. This guy knocks on the door. Ward's like, yeah, come come into my house. Come check out my yard. The dog indicated at the slab of concrete, yet nobody arrested him. So it was just ongoing. And as they looked into the Ward's relationship with the girl, some really disturbing things came to light with Ashley. Um, Ashley went on vacation with him for two weeks and told her friends he had raped her. Uh, She told a teacher he had raped her. That teacher called DHS, nothing happened. Another teacher saw her in the car with Ward Weaver on his lap, kissing him. And she called DHS and nothing happened. Um, So it was just failure after failure. And so everyone was very angry that these two girls were obviously hurt, probably dead by now, and nobody was really doing anything. Their families were even making signs. And that's where the title of our episode, Dig Me Up, comes from. They wrote that on signs and stuck it in his yard because everyone knew. But it took, I think, what, six months before they finally interviewed him and, and indicted him. And that was thanks to the accusation by his son. So um, Mm -hmm. he attempted to rape his son's uh, girlfriend and somebody saw her running outside naked. He ended up getting arrested because of that. And then they finally could search the the property.
2: Yeah. The son was actually the one to call the police and say, not only is my girlfriend reporting this, but I can tell you about Ashley Miranda. And so because he spoke up and we talk about that all the time on our show, we're, we'll be covering a case that's, I mean, our newest episode today is from the eighties about two missing kids. And it's like somebody knows something and they just have to speak up. And that's exactly what happened here because the son called the police and was like, it, it's exactly that. And I can tell you everything about it.
0: Yeah. And then it was through the search warrant. They, uh, now, now um, one of the bodies was found, was it underneath a shed or in a, sh- in a shed? Yeah, it was
1: In that? a shed. In a shed. So he was, he was arrested on the 13th and then it kind of rapidly happened after that. The, First body they found was Ashley's in the shed. Um, she was cramped into, I think, a microwave box and then into another, I mean, a tiny box, you mm-hmm. can imagine. Um, fully nude except for socks, I believe. And the flies were just horrible. They knew, the guy knew when he opened the door that there was a body in there. Mm-hmm. And then within hours, they found Miranda. Uh, oh, actually, Miranda was found first, excuse me. Miranda was found in the shed. Then Ashley was found under the slab in a in a barrel. And then a bunch of witnesses came forward after that. Somebody who knew the barrel there, his ex-wife was like, yeah, I saw a barrel there before the concrete was there. So luckily people came forward after that.
2: And then it was believed that because Ashley was then saying that Ward was sexually assaulting her, that that was why she became a target. And then it's possible that maybe Miranda was like, talking to people about what Ashley had been saying or talking to uh, Mallory Ward or just word was getting out. And so it is believed that this was just his way of covering up his crimes with more crimes.
1: And he lured her by, I think everyone thinks he was like, your friend's in here, come get her. And she willingly went inside to help her friend. and, And then it all happened. Um, But what's interesting is a lot of, you know, I mentioned the failures with DHS, but a lot of stuff came to light. Um, They thought she went missing in the very beginning, Ashley, on her way to school, but they think it may have actually been the night before because she was found with a 0.7 blood alcohol. And they think that maybe she went to him for comfort and he got her drunk the night before because her mom never actually saw her. She just said goodbye as she was walking out the door. So. Nobody really wanted to listen to that, though. The police, you know, they were like, no, we're just, let's open and shut it. So it's just a lot of failures that I think Oregon has learned from because of this case. Did
0: you say 0.7 or 0.07? 0.17. Point Point
1: seven.
0: 0.17. Gosh, you could have, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they, they determined the cause of death, but God, that's an. You'd think that'd be close to alcohol poisoning, especially for a 13-year-old girl.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And seriously. these girls were tiny. You know, they mm-hmm. they were really small girls. And uh, and, you know, there's so many there's so many disturbing aspects to this. And there's something for me that always hits is that the girls were close to his daughter and they would have slumber parties all the time. So he was like this surrogate father for these girls that were seeking that. And it's just. It's always so frustrating and heartbreaking when you hear about these predators that just see someone that's already been a victim so many times and. Both of these young girls' lives, victimized, 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 and then to be like perfect—that's what I'm looking for. It's just abhorrent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's it's tragic that so many people had information and had seen things over time and didn't didn't speak up. But at least at the at the end of the day, the case was solved and their bodies were found. Yeah. And you yeah. know, if if closure is a thing, that then at least at least we you know what happened to them. They're not still missing years later. Uh, right. but to to hear the 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 full version of of that story in that case along with many others you guys are releasing episodes every other week is that right every other Tuesday?
1: Every yes. other week and then we also on Patreon release on the alternate weeks we have episodes as well.
0: So lots of cases check out their catalog their names are Emily and Alicia the podcast is called Murder in the Rain check it out and it could be your next true crime binge. Thanks so much ladies for joining me today.
1: Thank you. That was Thank great. you for
2: having us.